0: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Brunch with Brent. Uh, my name is Brent Gervais, and joining me today, I'm very excited. Is Carl Rochelle? Uh, Carl, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks so much for for joining me. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you for quite a long time now. I will say, I've had many recommendations, both from within the Jupiter Broadcasting crew uh, and also outside, uh, to have you join me on on a brunch. So. Uh, Thank you for for taking the time. Really appreciate that.
1: Glad I can be here, and uh, the honors all mine.
0: <laughs> thank you. Uh, so we should, I suppose, give a little idea of who you are. Uh, you are the CEO and founder of System Seventy Six. And uh, for those who don't know, System Seventy Six, could you give maybe a brief description of System Seventy Six as, as you see it? So System
1: Seventy Six was founded in my basement in two thousand and five. It was myself and a friend of mine, and And we started System76 because we believed that open source had advanced to the point where it was a better operating system than the proprietary alternatives from Apple and Microsoft at the time. We thought that it deserved high quality and and professional representation from an OEM, and that that didn't exist today. It was common on servers, but not on the desktop. So we um, we set out to be kind of great representatives of open source through hardware building. A product where you could consume it and and be backed by by both uh, engineering that ensured that the product worked as it should and and also by a great support team and and uh, knowledgeable people that when you when you contacted us for help you knew you wouldn't be turned away because you were using Linux it was it's our first class citizen
0: <laughs> that aspect of being turned away because you're using Linux is still kind of present today in most of the hardware, uh, you know, most of the common hardware suppliers. I know, you know, I've got a, a ThinkPad, my father's ThinkPad that has a, little, a few little issues, and I've been so hesitant to kind of reach out to them. Since then, I've, I've learned from uh, a few of my friends that um, they're actually kind of fine with it these days. But so often, uh, that is a tricky place. And it feels like, at least for me, when I started being full-time on Linux... It felt like you were making some compromises and risks there. And so I could see how that being the initial vision would be really a powerful motivator for you. And it sounds very similar to your vision today as well.
1: It, uh, it hasn't changed much. Our capabilities have changed dramatically. Mm, yes. But uh, I also don't see that in, in any, kind of, any kind of way to disparage other OEMs. It's also something that's very understandable to me. Mm-hmm. We, we are not a window shop. And so uh, we do our best when a customer needs to do boot Windows for whatever reason, but that's also uh, not our prime focus or prime expertise. Linux is what we do, it's what we do well and know well. So I can understand those big behemoths being, for them, for being challenging to pivot and offer support and, and the engineering and the, you know, the effort that's required to offer another operating system. It also applies to us for. Uh, for Linux in general, we focus all of our engineering and our QA and our effort on, the, on uh, Pop! OS, and um, to an extent, but to a lesser extent, on Ubuntu as well as we ship it. And uh, we can't, the expense and the effort to put the polish that we put into Pop! OS uh, into other desktop environments would decrease the, to us the standard by which we hold ourselves. So even within the Linux space... what we well we do well what we do make the hardware work well with linux so at at the base level you know you can put any linux on there and it's going to work well particularly now that we're building open source firmware but um, even even with that i understand and know the challenges because that focus is what enables us to ensure the product is going to reach a very high standard
0: there's something to be said about picking a niche and really digging into it and and trying to support everyone all the time is a surefire recipe to not really be special to anyone, right? And it sounds like you've found kind of a nice recipe that both scratched your own itch at the time and still is, but also you've, from from what I've seen, found some really passionate people who love using your products as well.
1: The formula has certainly worked, and I attribute a lot of that to to the focus, um, to, to caring about our customers and, and their interactions having, when something goes wrong, we feel it emotionally. It's, it's a very, and it's not just, you know, some of us it's, you know, we, we all care a lot. And so these are complex interactions with lots of different, uh, hardware and software and firmware all operating in unison. And while something's, uh, you know, mistakes might be made or we might learn new things. What's important is how rapidly we, one responds to those and, and makes a situation that might be poor better. And in 15 years, QA is very interesting. So, a quality assurance, our QA team, and we have all of these different tests that we do across the board whenever we release new software or new firmware or new hardware. And in 15 years, that living document, all those living documents can, we've still learned new things and new situations that had never occurred before in 15 years <laughs> that now we need to test for this one scenario that, that where we was never a problem before, but now, uh, now we've learned that. So it's quite, it's quite fascinating. Um, but in doing so, and because we've, we've collected all of that knowledge over all those years and documented all of it, uh, it means our standards are very, very high these days, and and it's it's rare that something slips through.
0: I would imagine every day is a little different than the next, uh, with all of these new challenges cropping up and things you don't expect, uh, and a way to grow yourselves personally as well uh, with these challenges.
1: That's technology for you. If you're if you're ambitious and curious and uh, and want to explore, then there is no shortage of opportunity to find new things and learn new things every day. Uh, it doesn't end, and in hardware, in particular. So, so um, while I, I do believe this is the case in software as well, and in, in hardware there are just more variables. Uh, you have memory manufacturers that are all working to accelerate what they're building, and and, and processor um, and Intel and AMD and and storage manufacturers. Everyone's working to drive their technology forward, and and we're at the point or we are at the point in the supply chain where we collect all of those things together along with the firmware and along with the software uh, and build a product out of it and so the so we we have the opportunity to touch everything in the stack which makes it even even more interesting and and there's more to learn and we're going into new areas that are fascinating to me we have we're working on a new keyboard uh, that it's designed to work very fluidly with Pop OS and auto tiling in particular. Uh, so it's a it's a unique uh, it's a unique keyboard that doesn't alienate those that are used to your typical keyboard, but at the same time, once you use it, especially if you enjoy using tiling and you like tiling, you find its efficiency to be kind of your cup of tea, it's the type of thing that's addictive. You can't like you just can't go to a different keyboard <laughs> once you start doing using <laughs> this thing. Back to the the point of the uh we have electrical engineers working on it with our firmware developers and electrical engineer who also has electrical engineering um, background. And it's just an absolute pleasure to me to watch these experts in their craft discuss their craft and, and conduct their craft. It, it is an absolute pleasure to see uh, real professionals do incredible work together and, and what the outcome is.
0: Jeremy joined us on Linux Unplugged and gave us an insight on sort of the background process that goes into some of the uh firmware tweaks and engineering there and it was fascinating I could have listened to that for hours maybe that's exactly what I'm talking about it's the same uh, that's the yeah. same thing the same thrill I get
1: uh listening to jeremy on um, Linux unplugged uh I get that every day watching this team <laughs> g- um, talk in slack and you know discuss the things they're building. <laughs> For a geek like me who just loves every day to learn something new and to, 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 be, I'm a roll up your sleeves kind of person. I like to be very, very involved. And, uh, it, it's a thrill for me. I learned so much from the team that, that it's, um, it's a special place to be.
0: It's, uh, easily something that gets you up in the morning just to go hang out with all these wonderful people. I'm sure. It does. Yeah. To me, it's like a chicken and an egg thing, which is really interesting to approach, which is, you know, surrounding yourself with great people. I would imagine once you surround yourself with a few great people, maybe, you know, in in the infancy of System 76, then all of a sudden you get that kind of like, hmm, amaze at just what that can do for a team. And then so you go and chase uh, other great people to add to the team. And that just grows and grows and grows because everything I've sort of been able to peek at about the team. And uh, I know a few of them, you know, like Emma and and Ian as well. I've spent time with them at, at Linux Fest Northwest. They're just such great people and they have nothing but amazing things to say about the team they're on. And they've been there for quite a while now. So I'd imagine that sort of internal culture is really exciting for you as well.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. There's, we have something special in our our ambition and our desire and our fearlessness, and it it helps that you know when we when we took on different projects that seemed maybe that were outside of our normal uh, our, our normal course of action. We, uh, for instance, um, uh, when we made the decision to build OS, we had already known that there were a lot of things that that we felt we could improve on the desktop, but we didn't know what the market reaction necessarily would be. I mean after after I guess it would be 12 years of offering one operating system and then rolling out your very own and saying, hey, customers, trust us to build an operating system for you now.
0: It's a big leap, isn't it?
1: It is a big leap. (laughs) And out of the gate, um, I was very, very encouraged because the response was, was solid. And we only had a few months to pull it together. So we were able to pull together a good product that kind of established where we were going with an operating system and the type of things that we were we attempted or were hoping to of the value we're going to provide to our customers in doing in doing this project. And the response was was overwhelmingly positive. And with each release, the distinction that we were building with an operating system and and how it benefited our customers grew and it was recognized. And so so the pre, you know, pre-installed orders from system 76, you know, started at 50% pop and then 60 and then 70 and Mm -hmm. then 80. And it's, (laughs) it's going to continue to grow and kind of, uh, which also means that we get to put greater um, uh, we could put more resources and more effort and more focus on building a, a holistic experience between the hardware the firmware and the operating system. But in doing all of that, it grew our confidence that that uh, we could take on more, and um, and so the next step was building a factory and bringing design and manufacturing in house.
0: Another big leap.
1: And it's a completely wild leap to take uh, for a manufacturer for for anyone because it's just not done these days. But we are our size of the comp- of company. We don't have the volumes that make it easy for us to plug into the supply chains in China. So we can't just go say, this is what we want to build, will you build it for us? And they will say, that's too small. We're not going to do that. But we are big enough to make an investment in a a factory and manufacture these things ourselves. And there's also the added benefit. In doing so, uh, we're able to respond much more quickly with the hardware design in the same way that we respond in software. When there's a uh, when there's an improvement that's been identified, we're able to roll that into production very quickly. And and now instead of waiting for the typical supply chain uh, latency, uh, it's a few days when that's rolled in instead of up to up to six months as it was before.
0: It sounds like being smaller is a huge advantage in this case.
1: It certainly is, not smaller along with what you had alluded to early on that smaller plus um and just an incredible team to work with and those being able as a group to stack those successes on top of each other have only increased our, our our confidence and and willingness to take a chance and take a risk on on building um new things and different things for our customers that that um you know along with listening to them and understanding the challenges and the different things that they're doing we we feel like we can we can make their their computing life, the thing that they use for as a professional tool each, every day. We there are lots of areas to make these products better, and uh, yeah, we feel we feel like we can contribute to our, for our customers in that way.
0: Yeah, we were talking the other day, you and I, about how computers have sort of come to be the very most versatile and uh, most widely used tool uh, ever, really. Um, and so the, how you can use your own vision to shape the way that others use this tool and to make it easier and hopefully a pleasure, I would imagine feels really powerful.
1: Just to do something challenging and, and be working on it for, for months and then, and then to release it to the public and and say, here's this thing we've built for you. We've listened to you. We we've heard what you said, um, we think you're right we think that, that we can make we make advances in these ways and and here you go um and then to see that it's uh received with the same kind of passion and pleasure that we had building it uh is is very very um satisfying we're, we feel like we are um we're building things that that truly make our customers lives better
0: and make the world a little bit better you know it's uh pushing others to also try to better things, I think. Feels like you're kind of trailblazers a little bit. I remember when I first learned about System 76, this would be, oh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. felt like, oh, geez, these are people who are actually making some of my ideals a reality. And that's powerful. That feels like the things we need in the world a little bit more.
1: We're talking about this now very much from a System 76 outward Perspective, But
0: hmm.
1: when we're building these things, um, it's much more about what our customers are able to do with the products we make. We just want to give them the best possible tool because uh, while we, we love what we do and we're passionate about every single part in the stack, uh, the customer and what they're doing is what makes it all worthwhile. When they're out there working to to put humans on Mars, <laughs> to cure cancer, to to find a vaccine for COVID, to, uh, uh, to make autonomous vehicles. These are um, incredible people making amazing advances for humanity. And we consider it our job to build them the best
0: tool. If that's the subset of some of your customer base, I could see how that is very um, motivating to know that you're, okay, maybe you're a tiny piece of some greater team who's uh, advancing, you know, space exploration and stuff like that. That feels pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, whenever SpaceX is is landing, well, it's a little different today because we're all spread out. But uh, before uh, before being spread out, we would watch those landings. We put them up on the big screen in the office and, and just the thrill of seeing that engine land on a platform in the ocean. Hmm. Uh, and there's the elation of, of uh you know what that that success for humanity and we get to be as spacex is one of our one of our customers so it's just just to be a tiny tiny part of that is is special
0: i have recently listened to this fascinating podcast uh, as a slight aside it's called 13 minutes to the moon and it's a sort of uh, audio exploration of the last 13 minutes of communications uh, for some of the moon landings. So Apollo 11, Apollo 13. And uh, one of the episodes that I would love to share with everyone is one where they explore the computer systems that went into uh, making all of that possible. And I just started, you know, thinking of some of our small Linux-based manufacturers who are kind of doing some similar things. And the computer on on this spaceship was like custom built. And in that day was a tiny thing and was built just to do enough. You know, it had no room for expansion, but it did everything it needed to. And that was a fascinating exploration. And it feels like that history is repeating again here in a tiny way, you know, that some of your efforts, because... You know, all, all of that space exploration stuff takes thousands and thousands of people in so many different industries, and so to be a part of that is kind of kind of cool, kind of a slice of history.
1: Yeah, well, in a way, you're talking about Linux in general. Yeah, this is where there are some veins within our community that, that this was the way I thought also very very early on was that well, if everyone would just work on this GNOME desktop thing. Uh, then we could make a builder better product, and you know everybody would just jump on board, and and there wouldn't be any more proprietary Windows and, and so forth. And I learned over the years that that is not the point. <laughs> <laughs> You've evolved, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, what's special about open source is that uh, is that this thing that we we know is the most versatile and powerful thing, the computer that, that we've ever invented, is um, limited. If it weren't for open source, to just two proprietary operating systems, that's that seems absurd. You've had more brands of cereal than <laughs> operating systems, and this is the most versatile and powerful thing we've ever made. That's I think that that in and of itself is the reason that the variety and the uh, and the innovation that occurs throughout the Linux ecosystem is so important. If you want a distribution that's you know specific for. For penetration testing, you have that. If you have one, if you want one that's very specific for perhaps uh, security and um, containerized workflows, then then that exists. There should be more variety, more desktop environments. There, there can be no, there's no such thing as too many Linux distributions. Uh, go out there and make things and build things because that specialization is how we got to the moon. Yeah right. Specialization in that computer is how we got there. That the ability for people to experiment and try and build for a special case is what um, Linux provides that cannot be provided by proprietary software.
0: <laughs> well said. <laughs> Let that sit for a bit. What has fascinated me as well in gaining in recent years some insight into some of the development that goes into uh, Linux and some of the collaborations that happen behind the scenes is that despite some of these specializations, there's a lot of collaboration happening, you know, between companies, between uh, different distributions. And so it's at once a collective effort and also an individual sort of vision with that kind of base foundation. And that I found really fascinating because in our simplistic minds, or at least mine, I sometimes thought it was like, oh, either people collaborate or they don't. But there's this really beautiful mix from what I've seen, and is is that your experience as well? In the past, you know, fifteen years.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's there's no you know black and white. It's uh, it's all it's shades of gray. <laughs> there are areas that matter to um, our customers and therefore matter to us, and so that's where we spend our time and effort. Um, There are other companies with a different customer base who have um, different requirements or needs, and those companies uh, work to suit those. And in in the world of open source, where things cross, we get to work together. Where they're different, um, that's not even competitive. It's just that they happen to be different.
0: Different is good. Different is very good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested a little bit more in sort of young Carl and how System76, the idea sort of came to fruition, because I think we have a good sense of what's happening now and it's all very exciting. But I'm curious, you know, the 25-year-old Carl who, who started this all and was chasing his vision, maybe without knowing exactly where it would head, you know, what were you doing at that time? What sort of was the spark that made you take the leap uh, into... Creating your own business, really? Uh, Can you walk us through that a little bit?
1: It sounds like a dirty word to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but I I was a consultant. Oh, yeah, it is dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I started out, um, actually, I think it was 18 or 19. I started at in Technologies as what they called a systems consultant, which is really a project manager who um, programmed PBXs. PBX is a private branch exchange. It's a phone system that goes into a company. This was before VoIP was the new standard. Uh, So I would go in and talk to the, you know, usually an operations VP of operations or somewhere uh, along that line and um, discuss the technology and the company and how the company operated and then apply the technology to the way the company operated and make sure the project got done
0: correctly. That's important. <laughs>
1: right. Um, but that also um, kind of created a, uh, you know, I was, there's a lot of independence and, and I only ate if I was doing projects. So, so there is a, you know, there was already that kind of built in need to, to, uh, to make something or to make something that was profitable and had a good foundation. Cause uh, you know, there's no such thing as a VC for consulting individuals. <laughs> So from that, uh, I started moving into technology, offering more services, but it was still just a one-man shop, really. It was just just me helping companies get get the most that they could out of technology. And then a friend of mine and I were both into Linux, and we started talking about making a company. And eventually, a a lot of beer, and a few years later, we started System76, and um, you know, with that, that ambition to build a OEM that really showed the progress and the um, the polish that open source had become by that point. Uh, it's not for lack of trying, but we attempted to get funding many times, and uh, uh, and were rejected resoundingly for <laughs> for with every attempt, um, sometimes nicely and sometimes not. I remember being told once that we were you know we we don't invest in box pushers. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, that was uh, another time I was told, well, you should probably get some gray hairs on your, on your uh, board. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I, I do, I like to say that, well, I, instead of getting gray hairs on my board, I just kept working until I got gray hair.
0: <laughs> and it worked out just fine for us. Was some of that rejection a blessing in disguise like could you imagine what system 76 might be if that you know that that cash came in would it it would probably be very different
1: i'm certain it would be different uh, i'm also certain that we would have probably fallen into the typical trap of throwing people at problems instead of as is required when you don't have funding getting down into the nitty-gritty details and, and learning these things on your on your own how to how to get past the the problems and challenges that are natural in building and operating a
0: company. It sounds like the hard work that was required there versus, you know, large amounts of cash that you could just spread around actually led to some sounder foundations and harder work, I'm sure. And you getting, you know, your hands dirty on a variety of, of different projects and experiences within the company, which I'm sure is helping you today.
1: It certainly does, and and those are things that I enjoy anyway. So, I, in hindsight, um, I'm, I'm thankful that there that, that no no one stepped up or believed in us. <laughs> it, was, it was great, uh, and <laughs> I got the the opportunity to build you know imaging systems and drivers and to, and supply chains and support teams and sales teams and and you know, And work through each one of those and, and in doing so, I, I was the person that worked in every department doing everything for a long time until we started hiring and bringing people on. So doing it the hard way was, was better than had we had a funding for kind of leapfrogging those pains in the early days when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> Not one bit. It feels, uh, it feels painful. And, I and mean, it was that type of thing where I, I didn't, I worked for th- three years um, every day. And, uh, and that was just the, what was required to just to get to where we needed to be to hire people to start taking on different tasks and do different things that were required of building a company. But I'm also kind of a workaholic, so I don't know. <laughs> it, it, was, it was painful. And what's hard about working every day isn't necessarily that you're working every day. It's that when you're doing it early on in the company, you're also doing it without making any money. Mm. So you're hungry and you're working every day and you're worrying about your house payment or your, your apartment or wherever you're living. And you're just waiting for it to crack open and, and start making a regular living.
0: How do you know to stick with it? You know, that seems like a really challenging problem because it sounds like, you know, yesterday we were, you and I were talking about endurance and sticking with things. And yet, you know, you had almost, what, almost a decade of sticking with it and just believing in it. How do you, how do you, how did you maintain that, I suppose?
1: Well, I think it was two things. One being um, stubborn.
0: It's helpful in this case.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, is. it definitely is. Uh, and um, uh, perhaps a bit naive. The other part was that I could tell that people cared about what we were doing and and wanted the product. Like it, that was there. Uh, the money wasn't there from doing the work. It just we were simply not big enough. But it was clear that people did care and people wanted what we were making. We just had to keep going until we until it was sustainable.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's the challenge of any business, I suppose, you know? Um I'm I'm curious if you would give, you know, younger Carl a little bit of advice. What what would that be? Is there anything that comes to mind there? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I th- I feel like that's
1: the kind of thing that right, if I had if I'd given that the, some piece of advice that the past would have been altered and I have no idea what would have happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Playing with time is dangerous, right? <laughs> Maybe not advice. What everyone needs is encouragement. So, you know, advice is good. And so yeah, I think uh, just like we're, you know, I've kind of talked about here is that yeah, I would say stick with it. If, if you're passionate about it and you love what you're doing, you feel like uh, people care, then, then you have a very good chance of of it succeeding, and so so just keep keep sticking with it. There's a good probability that you're going to come out the end in the, the, the end doing something um, that matters to people. Uh, and I, I think that's for a lot of people starting out and um, and building things, encouragement and and knowing that, understanding that. Yeah, I I know it's it's challenging and but there's no replacing going through the fire w- with just le- with leapfrogging that effort. You just can't replace it.
0: Yeah. The uh, experience you come out with on the other end is uh, endlessly valuable, right? Yeah. And, and and to
1: be successful in a company, you, you have to do a lot of things really well, not you don't have to be perfect at everything, but you have, you need to do marketing. Well, you need to do engineering. Well, you need to do your sales and your support. You need to do them well. And, and over time, you can become really, really good at it when you have the opportunity to hire and bring on your team, the expertise in those areas that kind of push your standards forward and push push you beyond what one person could ever do on their own. And in doing each one of those different things well, it means that you've gained the experience that when I talk to our director of marketing, we can get into the details about digital advertising and, and return on advertising spend. And when I'm talking to... Um, Jeremy in engineering, we can get into the details uh, about f- uh, firmware and firmware security and 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 hardware enablement. And I can talk to about to uh, the support team about ways to take a situation that might be desired results for the customer, and using the technology that we've built to reach that result, uh, rather than circumventing it with some older technology or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it kind of. I'm, I'm nowhere near the expert that the, all of these folks are in their different areas, but I've had enough experience that I can discuss these things with them in, in uh, enough depth and detail that, that I can help them.
0: It sounds to me what like what you're an expert in is bringing experts together, and that has huge value. Um, bringing people together with a shared vision uh, has an endless possibility to it. And so... That sounds like quite a gift to the world, really.
1: The things that that um, that people can do are incredible, and so yeah, to be around uh, you know experts and and um, they're just watching them in their craft and uh, and and seeing what's what's possible is is quite satisfying.
0: Hopefully, you feel that every single day too, and it sounds like it sounds like you do.
1: Yeah, every day. It's just. Uh, uh, honor to be a part of a team building incredible things.
0: Well, lucky you. <laughs> I wanted to touch a little bit um, because our audience might be interested. Uh, I know you and Chris Fisher, uh, Jupiter Broadcasting. I don't know what what do I call him? Prospector, uh, the guy. <laughs> Who's been around forever, doing the things we love. I was curious. You guys have a long history there. Uh, you sort of started uh, maybe around the same time, and you've been friends for a long time.
1: Anytime I see Chris, I it's just it's like seeing an old friend, and it, you get that warm feeling inside, right? It's, yeah. So we started about the same time, and he started with like Jupiter Broadcasting. And- So it was just this kind of symbiotic relationship. They were talking about Linux. We were building Linux computers. And so we got, we could put computers in their hands to to help uh, to provide content and, and and different things that they could discuss on the show. And I'll never forget. I think on one of them, we sent this leopard extreme desktop and it's this, the most powerful hardware that's available at the moment. And, and, Chris and Brian were doing a show on it and, and Brian hugged it and kissed it. And I think he might've licked it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it was, it was just always fun watching Chris and, and the shows and the, the things that he's done over the years. I I just take a lot of uh, pleasure in seeing other people grow and succeed and what, what they've done. And so seeing what Chris has done has been, um, uh, you know, a real pleasure to to watch.
0: Yeah, I I agree completely. And like you were just mentioning, for you, I feel really lucky to be a, a part of it now and to have watched it sort of grow to where it is. So kudos to the audience for for supporting everyone. You know.
1: Oh, and yeah, indeed, it's a strange thing thinking back because I actually don't feel very different than the twenty five year old Carl. Right, <laughs> you're still Carl. <laughs> I'm the forty year old Carl. I don't feel that different but we are of course different. If we had if we're not different than we were then that means we never got better. We never advanced, we never uh we never pushed forward. And, and there are certainly lots of things I learned. I guess now Chris and I are we're, we're getting to be the old guys in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that lovingly, Chris.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I I guess now uh, we have we have the responsibility to to encourage and uh, and help those folks that are the the twenty five year old versions of us working to
0: working to advance society as well. It's your job to inspire.
1: Yeah, let's let's inspire people and, and bring them up. And and you can only see what's possible if you're if you're encouraging and, and enabling people. There's enough breaking people down in the world. Uh, there's no reason to be a part of
0: that. It's not constructive anyways. No, we're not, we, no one gets anywhere that way. Is there something you're looking forward to in the next like five or so years, either something you're working on personally or uh, within System76 or just some technology coming uh, our way? Well, this is
1: a, a pivotal and exciting time for us because right now, so we've designed and we're now manufacturing desktops in in our own factory
0: which full stop is pretty unbelievable right to think where that's come it's quite something
1: just walking in there and seeing it and feeling it and all the motion and all the machines and everything working is is a thrill it's incredible (laughs) and so i i just want to take all of that and, and make more stuff and so that's that's where we're at today so Now we're learning new techniques. We're uh, we're learning precision milling because precision milling can be used uh, for uh, manufacturing laptops. And so our step in between desktops and laptops, we're we're, uh, working on some of those techniques and expertise. uh, Well, it was today, but it's actually two days from now. Um, uh, I get to go in and work with the machinists and mechanical engineers on our new Haas mill, and uh, that's Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to understand the machines because then I get to apply what the machines are capable of in the product design. So I get to go see the machines and and, and work on the mill a bit. And then from there, uh, we'll start working uh, or continue additional work on bringing our laptop design and manufacturing in-house. That, of course, will be a huge watershed moment for us as a
0: company. I, I can't wait to celebrate it with you guys. Is there something you would like to put out to the community? Maybe an, an ask of the community, something you'd like them to try, something you'd like them to think about, something you'd like them to go see or visit?
1: Absolutely. The, the thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking about the open source community is, um, is it's, its vibrance. It is the wellspring of creativity and innovation in technology today. My message to the community would be to be bold anything that you've seen uh, you know if we don't we don't have to do you know uh, uh, copy features or clone things do any of those type of things whatever Microsoft and Apple are doing who who cares <laughs> be bold be brave go out and make make stuff try things break stuff just push the envelope push the envelope right you can tell or you have a pretty good idea what's going to happen if let's say we I try to build uh, an operating system that's more like a, uh, I don't know, um, more like an, an iOS because you know, that was successful for them. They've done that and they've been successful at it. It's already done. If we're going to build something, then we can certainly learn from prior art and we should, but we have to be bold and innovative and creative and push the envelope to really make a difference for people. Otherwise it's just not going to be exciting enough or valuable enough to, to turn heads. And, and turning heads is where it's all about.
0: I think one thing I'm realizing by having these brunch conversations with a variety of people as well is that anyone can have that boldness and to go do a thing. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of... Open source, but also the beauty of the time we live in is that you, if you have vision and a little bit of stick to itiveness. I suppose you can create some pretty amazing things with you know some pretty basic tools. You know, you grab a laptop and you can you can build an entire business on one tool. And so that sounds like some great advice for anyone anywhere, really.
1: Yeah, System seventy six was built with. A uh, a desktop, a VoIP phone, and um, a lot of grit. Yeah, <laughs> that was it.
0: And I think the grit is the most important part in that recipe, right? Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carl, if uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, where would they reach you?
1: It's uh, Carl Rochelle at Twitter dot com, or my handle is Carl Rochelle at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh well i want to say thanks so much for for joining me with this conversation i had a lot of fun and uh, i hope we get to do this again soon
1: oh yeah it was a pleasure I really appreciate you having me on
0: well thank you